You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to episode 10 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to welcome back on the line, it is the author of the Western League Bulletin, Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom, how are you? Hey, hey there, yeah, doing well. Sorry about last week's uh, miss out. It's probably mainly, mainly down to my, yeah, my issues. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's uh, very noble back. of you to fall on your sword or your pen <laughs> on the grounds that that's mightier than the sword. But um, no, that was entirely, it was entirely a cock-up of my own devising. We are desperately seeking new venues and... Um, to do the uh, to do the podcast and get some decent Wi-Fi signals. So um, um, anyway, but but we, I'm really pleased we've got you back on the line. And um, what well, did you have a nice weekend? Yeah, it was, yeah, not too bad actually. Um, I was a bit walking on Saturday, so yeah, got out and about. So it's not too bad you know, in the morning. So yeah, watched quite a lot of the golf and stuff. So, been nice and busy. How about yourself? I'm, I'm sure over the course of the podcast it will become apparent where I spent some of my Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Uh, anyway, but um, um, I did manage to get out. And, um, and watch a bit of a game, which I'm very pleased. Uh, I'm very pleased about. But um, yeah, no, lovely weekend. Very, um, very pleasant indeed. Great weather. So enjoying a bit of an Indian summer. Let's hope that that continues and we don't have any fixture disruption. Anyway, on uh, on this um, episode of the uh, the podcast, we're uh, we're previewing the uh, the ground hop, and um, I've done a special interview with uh, Western League press officer Kerry Miller to do that. Of course, Kerry not only is very familiar with all of our sides, but also is a is a particular expert when it comes to grounds. So we'll be having a little bit of chat about the, the the grounds that the ground hoppers will be going to this year. Um, also, we've got interviews with Shepton Mallets, Craig Loxton, and Welton Rovers Clive Scott. But before um, we get on to um, before we get on to that, uh, we'll have a look at the uh, the fixtures starting in the week of. Tuesday the 25th of September and we start by having a look at some of the fixtures in the Les Phillips Cup preliminary round and um, we had three penalty shootouts Tom. Yeah indeed so uh, a new rule I believe that came in this season is um, yeah it's got really extra time period which I think um, yeah playing matches midweek the Les Phillips which is, which is good as well it's another improvement I think I think the clubs are pretty happy and yeah um, so cutting out extra time well, yeah we were left with the half of the uh, Um, uh, in the week as well, couple of, well, one game in the prem, one game in the first. But I mean, the real meat and drink of uh, of the week just gone was on Saturday, the 29th of September. And um, well, I think probably um, we'll uh, we'll kick off with um, um, uh, Bradford Town. They were at home to Shepton Mallet, and Shepton haven't been in great form recently, have they, Tom? No, indeed. I think it was uh, six six defeats in a row uh, in the league for. So they probably would have come into this game uh, as underdogs, uh, but they managed to claim a 2-1 win uh, away at Bradford. So yeah, mightily impressive. Uh, going ahead through Comrade Peck, uh, then 15 minutes from time they managed to double their lead. Uh, Dale Hunt putting the 2-0 up. Uh, Bradford had a yeah, not not, not the greatest performances by all accounts. Uh, they managed to get one pretty late on Dan Price scoring in stoppage time, but they were unable to. Force them an equaliser, and it was uh, yeah Shepton who ran out uh, very deserved two-one winners. 
Shepton, of course, were last season's Les Phillips Cup finalists, which was the last time I saw their manager, Craig Loxton. I thought it was about time I got back in touch with Craig. And I started by asking him about that win at Bradford, in particular the fact that it's not an easy place to go. No, it's not. We've, um, we've lost our last two there. And um, obviously they're a bit like us at the moment, on a bit of a, a downward bit of form. And um, it was a must-win for us, to be honest with you. We've lost our last five league games. And um, we said to the lads before, you know, today was all about the result. We needed the result against them. And to be fair, it was probably our best our best performance of the season. Everyone, 1-14 to 14 of the lads, they were they were superb. And to be honest with you, 2-1 flat at their scoreline, really. I think it should, have been, it should have been a lot more. I mean, we, we can't skirt around the issue. That you, you know, you haven't had a great start to the season. What, what do you put that down to? Um, to be honest, I think kind of like a hangover from last season really because we probably ex- exceeded expectations with how well we've done and I think the lads probably won't mind me saying I think they come back um, out of shape to be honest with you um, not as fit as what they should be and a few of them just haven't been performing to the levels which we expect of them to be honest but hopefully now we, we you know we've turned the corner and um, you know we can put um, put some results together and move up the table. Because I mean, it wasn't all doom and gloom at the beginning of the season. Obviously, you had a, a fan, you know you had a very good win on the opening day, but you know we've we've subsequently found out that that, that Shortwood, uh, you know, are struggling in the Premier Division. So I suppose that puts that into context. But we shouldn't forget that you had a draw against Willand Rovers. Now, of course, Willand, you know, have gone from strength to strength uh, this season, and it was only after the replay that that uh, that things started to take a downward um, turn for for you, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was obviously the Shortwood was obviously was a we didn't know too much about them and obviously it was a great start for us. Obviously they're a young team, and obviously following uh, following that we had Westbury, um, which we lost, and then obviously the Willing game where we had we had a good draw. We conceded last minute, but like you said, from them it's sort of gone down uh, gone downhill a little bit. But a lot of those games we've we've gone ahead in we've gone ahead four out of the five games and then obviously ended up losing the games. So I think it it just come down to. I think confidence affected us a little bit because when you're on that bad run, you know, it does become a little bit of a habit and sort of heads were dropping and, you know, it just sort of spirals. But we had a we had a similar situation last year where we went um, six games without a win and it was just, you know, just sort of keeping the lads going, you know, doing the same things and, you know, we will turn the, the corner eventually and hopefully, um, you know, we've done that now. Because you've come up against a few surprise packages as well, haven't you? I mean, you mentioned Westbury. They were promoted last season. You also played Roman Glass and you've played Clevedon Town. And uh, all of those sides have had very impressive starts to the um, to the season. I mean, do you think perhaps there was an element whereby you might have underestimated some of your opponents? Uh, possibly. Um, I think in like those are the three games I've mentioned, we've... We've gone ahead and ahead in those games, obviously apart from the Roman Glass one. And um, we started the game brightly and thinking, you know, um, you know, we're going to get a good result here. And I think, like you said, maybe we took the foot off the pedal. But I think as well, uh, individual errors have cost us a little bit this season, where we've, um, you know, and you do get punished, and it's, and it's hard for us. And we're just trying to uh, sort of eradicate that. And obviously, we, we've tinkered a little bit with the shape, thinking, you know, what suits us best. Hopefully, now we we found something that we're gonna we're gonna stick with going forward. But like you said, I think the league has got a little bit stronger as well. A lot of the teams, you know, because it is a very competitive league and, and they've come back and sort of up their, up their games. And, you know, I think every game's a tough game for us now. 
we, we know, obviously we normally speak after you know a, a good result. That's the way the podcast tend to work. And you, you know, you you had a fair few um, last season on your day. Shepton have always been a side that can cause an upset against. Um, um, some of the best in the division, but equally, I know that you're a side that's perhaps suffered in the past because of lack of player availability. You know, if you aren't able to put your, your strongest eleven out, um, it, it's, it's been an issue for you. But um, you know, you've you've obviously you've, you've obviously um, you, you've got the ring rust out of you um, now. We're, we're well into the season, so I mean, are you hoping that Saturday can be a turning point and that really your season is about looking up the table rather than down? Yeah, definitely. Like. You know, Saturday at Bradford was massive for us. The result was was hugely important. Um, obviously, we've got that one out of the way. Obviously, we've got Hallen away um, Saturday, which is going to be another tough game. But you know, we're going there to looking to looking to build on um, the Bradford game and, and, and take three points again. But like you said, we we just sort of got to put put the start to the season behind us now and, and sort of move forward. Like we, like you said, last year was brilliant for us, and we've got basically the same team. If not, we've probably added a bit more quality. And it's just about obviously getting the confidence back into the boys, you know, because they are a good team. They're a young group, and I think uh, this spell they'll only learn from it and get better if we can just, like I said, eradicate the little little errors we've been making. And I'm I'm pretty confident that you know we can move out that table pretty quickly. I mean, you you, you mentioned that you um, you know you're pleased with the, with the squad that you've assembled in the close season. I mean, I, I remember obviously covering the Les Phillips Cup final when you ran Buckland very close. You could have easily have won that um, competition, of course, only going out at the very end on on um, on penalties. So, I mean, there must have been a great deal of optimism going into this um, into this season. I mean, we, we're not, you know, it's, it's, we've still got plenty of football to play. Have you got any targets that you're, you're, you're hoping that the team will meet this season? Obviously, we probably did exceed expectations by finishing sixth last year, and, and we sort of spoke about it in the off season. I think, I think if we can get in the top ten, I think that'll be a, a fantastic uh, achievement for uh, for the club. And also, also we're out of the FA Cup, we're out of the FA Vars, we're still in the Les Phillips Cup, and obviously we're proof of of what that can do to a team in in the club and the town in general. And you know, we're we're going to go to try and win that win that again. You know, there's no point of a you know taking it lightly you know it's, it's a good cup to be in there's a lot of people that, that go to the games at the end if you're still in the latter stages and you know it's something we just want to do you know we want to finish as high as we can now and um, I'm, I'm sure you know with a few more wins we can we can easily push on now you've mentioned that game against Hallen and that's one of the groundhop games on Saturday so how do you feel about playing in front of what will hopefully be a large crowd yeah, I think it'd be good. We had it uh, last year. We had the uh, the Sunday slot game at, um, at, our, at our home ground up against Brislington, and, and there was a lot of fans there. And uh, we ran up winning four one. And um, I would imagine it'd be the same uh, uh, the same scenario. Obviously, uh, five o'clock's a little bit different to um, to three o'clock, but you know it's, it's not too much of a difference. And I've said to the lads already. I said it. You know, it'd be a good crowd, and it's what they should all strive to do: play in front of more people and sort of. Um, you know, show everyone what, what they can do. Well, that game, of course, is away, um, but you've got back-to-back home games, haven't you, after that? Bridgewater and uh, and Cribs, and um, I would imagine you'd want some really good, strong local support to come out and cheer you on for what would be a really important couple of games there, see if you can uh, get a few more points to take you up the table. Yeah, that's right. You know, we, we've got a loyal following at, um, at Shepton, as it is at the moment, and, you know, they, they sort of stick with us through, through thick and thin. And... Um, 
you know, yeah, hopefully we can, you know, uh, build on Saturday and, and, and take some of those results into the home games because, you know, home home form is important. Obviously, the last the last two home games we've lost. So we're hopefully, you know, we can turn that around quickly and um, uh, get a win. And my thanks to Craig for his time. Now, moving on, um, Bridport, um, they were uh, in action at home against Cadbury Heath. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Cadbury Heath coming from behind in this one uh, to claim the 2 1 win. That's now three league wins on the bounce, so they're doing well. Uh, yeah. They were handed a chance to, to go ahead really early on. Uh, Lewis Powell uh, with a penalty, uh, but he managed to, yeah, to see that penalty saved. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Bridport breathing a sigh of relief. And, uh, yeah, made them pay instantly. Mark Salter uh, converting a spot kick of his own uh, to put the home side ahead. Uh, but he's, yeah, managed to fight back really well. Powell making amends for the, uh, the penalty mistake earlier in the match, equalising. Uh, before then, Christian Lee uh, scored what turned out to be the winner just four, four, four half-time. So, yeah, Cadbury Heath running out 2-1 winners away at Brickport. Uh, Clevedon Town and Bridgewater, this one had a bit of a derby feel about it, Tom, and uh, the attendance uh, just goes to show that that's the case. Yeah, indeed, a big crowd at the Hand Stadium, 145 there. Bridgewater, obviously free scoring, uh, coming into this game, but yeah, they drew a blank. Cleveland doing extremely well and, and claiming the 1 0 win. And it was a goal from uh, Archie Ferris, 34 minutes into that one, uh, which gave them gave them all three points. But yeah, as I say, probably the most impressive part of that was uh, yeah, managing to keep uh, Bridgewater at bay, but yeah, it's Cleveland who take the three points. Now, something of a rarity for our next um, featured match in the Premier Division. Uh, Roman Glass, we talked about them a fair bit this season, but we don't normally talk about them losing, and that's exactly what they did on Saturday. No, indeed. Uh, and at home as well, a 2-1 defeat at home to, home to Bridlington. Uh, Ryan Radford had put the home side ahead. He's had a really good start in front of goal for them uh, this season, but it was, yeah, Bridlington who managed to turn the game on its head. And it's got some Jaden Nielsen and then Mike Wimmer. I think Wimmer had done pretty well midweek in, in the Les Phillips. Uh, to help Bridlington uh, in that competition. Yeah, and he, uh, he scored the winner in this one as well. So uh, a 2-1 win for Bridlington away at Roman Clark. And finally, in the Premier Division, um, top of the table clash between Westbury United and Will and Rovers. Yeah, and it was Westbury who maintained their winning run. 7-7 uh, seven now. And it was all the goals for them just coming just before half-time, I think, in a 10-minute ten ten spell there. Uh, Josh Ferguson uh, firing the head uh, before Ricky Holbert uh, and then... Ian Jeffrey uh, scoring uh, in quick succession just before half time, uh, either side of a penalty miss from Brad Alston uh, to give Westbury the three goal lead, uh, and they managed to hold on during the second half and yeah, claim another three points. So that's the perfect start continuing for them in the league. It is, and I um, I turned up to that game at half time. So um, I missed all the uh, all of Westbury's goals. Although I did um, I did arrive in time to see um, to see Will and Rovers. And um, in fairness to Will, they weren't playing like a team that was three 0 down uh, when I got there. Their heads certainly weren't. Then they were battling for everything, and um, they got their just desserts with with a goal. Um, not quite enough to get them back into the game. But again, they didn't play like it. In fairness, and they were giving it a um, a good goal right into the final whistle. And um, you know, it just goes to show just how competitive that game was because there was certainly. Um, well, <clears throat> it was competitive. Let's just put it like that. I got to see all of the action because my two daughters were um, were, were, were running amok. Well, they weren't. I was trying to stop them, actually. We, we've perfected the daddy stand. So, um, <laughs> Western League watches. perfect. <laughs> I know, it does, yeah. I mean, Western League watches, you might, if you see a guy at a game and he's got a child on his head and one in his arms, it's probably me. 
Um, it's <laughs> they seem to be happy anyway. They certainly enjoyed their packet of crisps and orange juice. So hats off to Westbury United again. Fantastic Western League hospitality, and very much enjoyed that one. We need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect. Another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. Anyway, we move on now uh, to the first division and um, a good result for the cheese men. Yeah, I think what must, must have been the most uh, dramatic game of the weekend. Uh, Cheddar coming away with a, a 3 2 win uh, away at Ashton and Backwell. Uh, going ahead for Adam Wright, uh, but then Ashton managed to turn the game on its head. A couple of penalties from Callum Towns then putting them 2 1 up. Uh, and then Cheddar's task became even tougher. Uh, Sam King lost to a red card, a couple of yellow cards for him. Uh, and, uh, yeah, but uh, it was Cheddar who managed to push on in the second half. Adam Wright scoring twice more, completing a, a really impressive hat-trick, and, yeah, a really impressive three points for Cheddar, and uh, their good start continues. Well, it was a weekend for top-of-the-table clashes in the first division, and our first one features Corsham Town at home to Chard Town. Yeah, indeed, Corsham up into, up into fourth and just one point behind Chard now, following this win, and it was, yeah, it was not much between the two teams, and it was a 21st-minute strike from Josh Bright. Uh, who managed to, to give Caution uh, the win there in that, yeah, just a 1-0 victory for them. Good crowd there, 104 saw that one. Um, but a bigger crowd um, was at the Canesham Town against Longwell, Longwell Green Sports Grounds. I mean, neither side setting the division alight, perhaps um, two teams that um, have loftier ambitions than most in the first division this season, but 157 at Canesham this time, and um, they had plenty of goals to watch. Yeah, indeed, uh, a 6-2 win for Canesham. And, uh, yeah, Patrick from uh, Bath City, Loney, James Ollis, I think he's definitely a man to keep an eye on this season. I think they've, uh, yeah, extended his uh, spell at the club, so that should be should be pretty fruitful. And there's also a really good goal from Cameron Shawnee. So, uh, yeah, good win for Canesham, 6-2 over Longwell Green. And, I mean, just looking at the table, they are in the bottom half, uh, but they're, they're only six points off the top. I mean, if they get a good run of uh, form going, like we know they can. Obviously, they've, yeah, hit form in front of goal this weekend. Uh, yeah, definitely... And finally, in the first division, well, the Green Army are well and truly on the march. This was our, this was another um, top of the table clash. Welton Rovers took on Devizes Town, and um, certainly the Welton fans would have gone home incredibly happy after another fantastic result. Yeah, indeed, uh, ending up five-one winners in this one. Uh, but they did fall behind early uh, in the opening minute uh, as well to uh, Jamie Wallen uh, to put to put ahead. Uh, but well managed to fight back. Joe Batrick scoring an either half for them. Uh, and there was also goals from Lewis Hunt. I think that was his first for the club. Uh, and Aaron Seavey also striking. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, nobody can stop well at the moment. They sit top of the table following a, a 5-1 win over Devizes. Absolutely. Now, of course, we've mentioned this before on the podcast, but Welton Rovers have a fantastic social media offering. They do record their goals. You can see video footage of their goals. 
And, um, yes, I think probably for those people who are watching matters at the top of the First Division, that would be well worth um, having a look at, if you haven't already seen it on Facebook and on Twitter, so I recommend that. Anyway, the other thing I recommend doing is talking to Clive Scott, Welton Rovers' fantastic manager, one of the great characters of the game. Clive, of course, into his third season now um, with the Green Army, and uh, he's always a man of comment and insight, and I love my conversations with him. So I phoned him up after that um, fantastic win for Welton at the, at the weekend, and I congratulated Clive on his side going top of the league. Early doors yet, but very happy. Yeah, well, I imagine you'll very probably happy. be more happy if you're still top of the league at the end of the season. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not, that's not a bad way, is it, to, um, to sort of... I mean, I don't know when... I'll be interested to know, actually, when you think the sort of the league table starts to take shape. I mean, a lot of people look at, sort of, look at it after six, seven, eight games. Some people wait till ten games. You've played eight. Uh, 17 points. You're on. You're, you know. You're on top of the table. Is that? Would you have taken that as a start? Oh, definitely. You know, um, as I said, towards the end, the back end of last season, um, I think we were a top four side. Um, but as we're sitting top of the tree at this point, I would have definitely taken it. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll come to sort of some of the. The, the games you've played already this season in a minute but let's start with Devizes because I mean they've been on a very good run of form themselves aren't they? I mean this isn't a question of you taking on sides that are out of sorts Devizes have been on a very good run of form um, and 5-1 against a team like that I think that speaks volumes <laughs> Yeah um, to be honest the boys have worked really hard you know um, training and, and game day I mean game day they work really hard um, and they get it's time for them to get their rewards and I think that's happening now largely I don't think they have got as much as they could have but I think it's taking shape now and we're doing really well I mean, yeah, I keep the run going. Well, absolutely. But, I mean, let's talk a bit about that run because you took on Bishop's Lydiard when they'd had a very, very good start to the season and actually Warminster, of course, I can remember speaking to their manager, Andy Crabtree, they'd been unbeaten, I think, before you took them on and you beat them as well. So, I mean, it's not as if you're not... You know, you're, sides like Canesham we know are fancied in the league and I know they haven't got off to the best of starts, but you, you imagine that they'll come good, but you've, you've taken on sides that have hit a good run of form and you've got some good results against them. Yeah, the likes of Kingsham, I mean, you would never write them off, obviously. Um, Ted are a big side. You know, those are my sort of... They've always been my top two, you know, before the likes of Westbury went up and stuff. Um, and they still are. <laughs> Me, never write off Kingsham. I mean, you know, Ted uh, always going to be there. Good family club, good good unit. Been together for a long time. You know, and, it, and they will always play well because they, they know each other. They've played together a long while. So you never discount them or Kingsham. Um, we, had, we had good games, you know. Um, I, I usually just take game by game, to be honest. Yeah, um, and we're <laughs> it is going well, and we'll, t- and we'll take it game by game. So, what do you put this good run of form down to then? Player belief. I don't think they really cottoned on to the fact that. I mean, last season I'm talking. I don't think they really cottoned on to the fact of how good they are. You know, we've had a few acquisitions come in this season to help out, and they've really come in and gelled well for the side and added in certain areas. You know, um, and now I think they start to believe, which is good. I'm confident in a player, makes a player play well. So. 
I mean, you, you yourself have been on a bit of a journey with the side, haven't you? Because, I mean, it must be very pleasing. And, I mean, I know we've got a lot of the season to go now, but you've seen improvement in the side over the last couple of seasons that you've been in charge. Do you think that's as much about you getting to grips with the league and understanding what life's like in the first division as it is with you sort of bringing in the right players and getting them to gel properly? I think it's a bit of both, to be honest. I mean, I'm learning just as well as the players are learning. A lot of the players I do have are coming from junior football um, and, and not Western League tested, to be honest. Um, so they're learning as well as I'm learning. I mean, I played in the Western League, but it's not playing and managing is two different issues there. Um, I'm learning alongside them. So I think as a unit, we're doing really well and learning together. Well, if um, I'm sure I speak for every teacher listening to this when they say if the pupils were showing this much progress in their learning they'd all be happy but um, <laughs> let's um, let's talk about um, Saturday you've got you're away at Longwell Green and that's going to be a real test because they were a side that wanted to get straight back into the Premier Division yeah um, obviously we're not ne- never going to underestimate them you know there is talk of um, a few good signings um, now they're starting to put a run together maybe it was our time to meet you know <laughs> we'll see who comes out on top at the end at the end of the day we, we're up there teams will be after us and that we know we just have to keep the consistency going and, and, to be, and the best thing about my side is they fear no one so we'll take them as they come to be honest well it's a groundhog game as well um, so are the boys looking forward to playing in front of a large crowd they always do they're looking very forward to that you know? I mean, I try to downplay it, but I know in the back of their minds, they know the crowds that are going to be there. Um, treat it like another game. I shall try and keep them calm. Treat it like another game. It is just another league game that we must win to stay on top. And that's all we're going to do about it. The fact that people are there shouldn't be an issue. I mean, I'd have played it behind closed doors. <laughs> but it is what it is, and they just got to rise and do what their jobs are. Yeah, I mean, you, you last time we spoke, you picked me up, of course, on the fact of um, playing in front of these big crowds because Welton Rovers are used to it with the Coalfield Classicos. I mean, the games against Radstock, you <laughs> yeah, get... Yeah, that would be, be another good one. Oh, my word. Well, I mean, you you know, poor old Radstock haven't got going yet, so, um, yeah, um, I mean... Yeah, I feel, feel a bit for them, um... You know, obviously we have a rivalry, but I do know the manager and we are good friends and I do feel a bit for him. Well, it's funny you should say that, isn't it? Because, I mean, of course, last season, that was one of the intriguing things, wasn't it? You and Radstock were locked at the top of the... Um, or towards the top, I should yeah. say, of the first division. And, of course, there was a real interest. I know in recent years, that's not always been the case. One side or the other has been in the ascendant. But, I mean, there is... Um, it's quite a special fixture, isn't it? I think, and uh, it's one that captures the imagination of the people who live in Midsummer, Norton, and Radstock. Definitely. I mean, I, to be honest, I don't have a lot of players that come from in and around the area. A lot of my my players are now Bath based, um, but they still buy into the whole you know, Derby Day, and you know it's a rivalry that that must be. If, there, if there's one game that must be won for the. <laughs> Green Army, so to speak, it's that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you're it playing. is what it is, but my boys are brought into it now, so they know what's expected of them on the day. Um, well, I'm sure they do. I think you probably wouldn't have to spend very long with Gareth Paisley to work out just no. how important <laughs> that fixture is to local fans. No, but, definitely. 
definitely. You know, on a serious note, if we look at the fixture schedule that you've got coming up, um, and I don't say this with any measure of disrespect, there are teams coming up now that, um, that you would expect to be getting positive results about. And, of course, the important thing, the key thing that we've learnt about the First Division in recent seasons is the issue of consistency. The sides that have done well in the First Division have managed to grind out sometimes consistent games because, as we talk about every week on this podcast, any team in the First Division can beat any other team. So, actually, if you start picking up those points, you're going to be putting yourself in a very um, positive position and building a little bit of scoreboard pressure on your rivals. Well, I think at the end of the day, I mean, the, the sides that are down near the, the, the base of the table are the sides you expect to pick up points from. These are the ones, these are the games you must concentrate in, you know, and, take, and don't take it as a gimme. You know, you, you still, as players for Welton, you still have to earn the right to win. You know, it's, it's not a foregone conclusion. So I always stress with my players, earn the right to play, earn the right to win it. You know, don't take everybody lightly. It's the ones down down there, especially. Uh, that's the attitude. And the boys have, like I said, keep taking ball into that. Well, Clive, thank you very much, as always, um, for your time and your candour. Um, one of the things that we like to talk about on the podcast is the importance of sort of, of local fans supporting their local side. You know, we, we, we hear about how winning can be a bit of a habit that people get into, and um, I'm sure that if you keep on this good form, I think that um, we could see, we could easily see three-figure um, attendances at, at West Clues. I mean, would you... Is it is it fair to describe Welton Rovers as one of the sleeping giants of the Western League? Yeah, it took time for us to gel. Um, like I said, boy, the boys did. I don't think it's what believed, and it took you know a couple of seasons for them to actually believe how good they were. You know, um, but now they're starting to believe that we're moving on, and the crowds are starting to increase, which is good because obviously we're winning, and nobody wants to come and watch you know a losing side every week. So now three figures is is on the horizon, which is good. You know, it's all good and money put back here in the club, which is what we all set out to do in the end. And my thanks to Clive for his time. Now then, Tom, we've uh, well, we've got a we've got a busy um, we've got a busy weekend of football coming up, haven't we? Really, um, very much dominated. Um, by the uh, by the ground hop, and we'll um, we're going to hear shortly from Kerry Miller, the Western League's press officer, about the um, the games that will be featured then. But you've picked out a couple of matches, um, certainly in the Premier Division, that um, that are that aren't um, part of the ground hop, but really do look like mouth watering encounters. Yeah, indeed, uh, a couple of them really do stand out. Uh, we've got Plymouth Parkway hosting Westbury, obviously Westbury. Uh, winning every game so far this season, but this probably will be their toughest, toughest test to date, going down to Bolisso Park uh, to take on the Parkway. Uh, they've only lost once so far in the league this season, so yeah, that really um, that really should be a good stern test for, for Westbury. And then another one of our uh, teams who have obviously won all their matches as well, Bitten, obviously been in cup action, so they've only played five league fixtures, uh, but they'll be travelling as well. They're on, they're on the road and they take on Willand, um, obviously. Tough, tough outing for them on Saturday afternoon, so they'll be uh, chomping a little bit to, to get back uh, back among the, uh, the three points. And uh, yeah, Willen versus Bitten and uh, Plymouth Parkway versus West. I'm not sure what what could be much better than that. I know it's a case of the irresistible force meeting the immovable object. Indeed. <laughs> 
great. Right. Um, yeah, no, it'll be absolutely fantastic. I mean, both obviously Saturday three o'clock kickoffs, uh, and in the first division another Saturday three o'clock kickoff, which um, should also prove to be a pretty competitive affair. Indeed, yeah. Cheddar obviously doing well and have a big win on the weekend, uh, coming from behind in that one. Uh, yeah, and they they take on a pretty good Sherborne side who are uh, scoring their fair share of goals this far this season. They currently won half of their matches, so yeah. Not the easiest of fixtures for Cheddar, uh, so that should be a, yeah, a good three o'clock kickoff uh, there as well. So I'm looking forward to that one. Excellent. Well, that's um, that's the traditional three o'clock kickoffs for you. But um, uh, if you're interested in um, taking in a bit of Friday night football, that's where we pick up our coverage of this year's Western League Groundhog. I had a chat, of course, with Kerry Miller, the press officer of the Western League, and we started off by talking about Friday night football at Brislington. It's um, a localish derby, Friday night, it's 7.45 and it's Brislington versus Odd Down in the Premier. Um, the good thing is that um, Brislington's ground at Iron Mold Lane has got at least four stands and so um, the, the crowd, which will be, could well be somewhere around the 300 mark, um, it's not going to get wet if, it, if the weather turns um, and they're going to be entertained. It's, um, it's a good place, the... the uh, the, the club are telling us to get there early. Uh, getting get there early. There's plenty of parking uh, available. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it would be a good start for the seven matches that are um, occurring over this weekend. Uh, well, that kicks us off on Friday night, and then we move into Saturday, and uh, it's a it's a veritable feast of football, isn't it, Kerry? Because we've got four matches. Well, we have, um, uh, and uh, I should be at all of them and doing match reports at all of them. And um, I'm also I've taken on the responsibility of, of one of the crucial em- elements of a ground hop, which is um, making sure that everybody knows who the players are, uh, because um, team sheets are not necessarily available. But uh, what I will be doing is getting the the board, uh, the whiteboard. And um, and uh, getting the teams from the referees uh, and getting them all done uh, before I sort of slope off to do the match report. And um, it's it's going to be chaos, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, it all starts on Saturday morning at uh, Longwell Green. Um, it's eleven o'clock kickoff against Welton, who last year were of course part of the uh, the ground hop. And uh, Longwell Green's community centre ground. It will. Uh, it will be heaving. Um, there'll be another sort of uh, probably 300 there as well. Um, people from all over the country and, and indeed some people from abroad uh, will be descending on the ground. Um, Longwell Green against Welton um, should be a good one. Um, Welton have made a good start. Um, just as we speak, looking at the league table, and I see that uh, in Division 1, uh, Welton are actually top. Um, played 8-1-5. Uh, they took over from Chard, um, who were beaten at the weekend. Uh, Longwell Green, of course, had an awful season last year and were relegated, but they seem to have um, recovered as they won four of their first six, and they're currently halfway up the table. Um, so that uh, that's a good start to the to the um, Saturday entertainment. Well, and it, and it gets better, doesn't it? Because um, we've got a very tasty clash in the Premier Division. One side that's made a very good start and another side that we all expected to. Well, yes. Um, I mean, Buckland have, have, of course, had a bit of a nightmare. Um, they they um, parted company with the manager um, 
couple of weeks ago after Newquay beat them in the Vars with an injury time penalty. We, I was there on the day, and sadly that was the end of the reign of Craig Duff. But uh, within hours he joined Willand and and uh, was have, having a bit of a rebirth. Um, but Buckland go to uh, Clevedon, um, and Clevedon have won six of the first seven. They they've sort of come up under the radar, and um, they are fourth. And um, just four points behind Willand with two games in hand. So um, they are at home to Buckland, who, uh, because of their poor start, are somewhat, where are they? They're 15th. Um, that, uh, that will be a, a dash across South Bristol or around uh, in time for the 2.15 kickoff. Um, and that will be someone to look forward to. Once again, it's um, uh, Clevedon got a large ground. And um, plenty of room for everybody to get in there. Plenty of parking, um, and uh, once again, it will be—it's it, one to look forward to. Well, the, the next fixture on on Saturday is a is a real treat, I think, for the ground hoppers, and um, because it's a, it's a trip into Narnia, isn't it? I remember the first time I went to Hallen, and I thought to myself, "Where on earth am I going, and where am I going to end up?" But uh, that's exactly where the ground hoppers will be going at five uh, five p.m. on Saturday. Um, yes, it's uh, indeed it's Hallen, which, um, as you as you really say, is is uh, not the not the easiest place to find if you've n- never been there before. Uh, but uh, it's uh, they're playing Shepton Mallet, who are having a, a bit of a, a bit of a poor season, um, and uh, Hallen are mid table, and Shepton are just above their sort of drop zone in sixteenth. Uh, uh, but Hallen. Um, Allen has got. Uh, they've got a very nice little ground there. They, they've done an awful lot of work there. That was that was the place where I had one of my first ever FA appointments as a as a as a linesman uh, when the ground was just sort of a few yards away and facing the other direction. Um, and uh, so I've got nice um, memories of that place. Uh, they've done a lot of work at their clubhouse, uh, which is now reopened, and. Um, a very friendly club, and uh, being a five o'clock kickoff, it's hoped uh, that uh, a few people will come across and join the ground hoppers that have been to uh, either played um, earlier or come across from work or whatever. So we're, we're hoping that once again there'll be a, a big crowd there for that one. Yeah, really lovely facilities at Halland as well. So I think that would be a really interesting um, um, ground to, to, to check yeah. out the list. Yeah, indeed, it's a it's a nice place, and it's um, uh, I think that those that haven't been there will will enjoy that, um, especially if they don't necessarily need to find it. Someone's going to find it for them. And finally, on Saturday, it's um, it's uh, well, the, the the final stopping point on Saturday is Cribs. Yes, um, it's quarter to eight kickoff. So once again, a very rare Saturday night game, which should should bring a big crowd. They're playing Hengrove, who always play good football. Um, and uh, the lawns ground at Cribs, um, that's, it's been there for 30 or 40 years. And they, again, they've uh, slowly brought that up to um, the standard they've got now. Um, Bristol Rovers, um, I'm not sure if they still use it as a, um, as a training ground. Um, I certainly remember watching the under-18s play there many a time. Um, again, it's uh, it's a very tight little place. It's a big sports ground for those who've not been there before, um, and uh, for those who like it, they, there's some quite wonderful um, 
wonderful rolls done by the gentleman in the clubhouse for a princely sum of 50p, I think they are, and they get, always go down a storm. And uh, what with the groundhoppers being around from 11 o'clock in the morning, they're bound to be hungry. So I suspect that uh, it will be a lively place in, in the clubhouse and on the pitch. Uh, Cribs against Hengrove at 7.45. And then moving into Sunday, we have... Um... We've got two fixtures, haven't we? And uh, the first one, I think, will be an absolute cracker because um, two sides that I know on their day are very, very competitive. Uh, just be interesting to see. I know they've both had blips recently, but um, Bridgewater Town against Bridport. Well, yes. I mean, Bridgewater is always a good place to go to because they've, um, even in their dark times, uh, they still have kept their support. And um, it, it's... It's a good old-fashioned club, although the ground itself's only been there thirty odd years. It, it's it's got the feeling of being a, a, a very sort of um, uh, mature ground that's been there a long time. But um, it, it's it's a fascinating place, and uh, they're good people there, and um, they've regrouped after a horrible time in the Southern League, and they're currently third. Um, they're sort of uh, you get the impression that maybe they're. they're um, they're possibly doing better than they thought they might. Um, but they are home to uh, Bridport, who are low down in the uh, in the table, but um, they've only played five games. Um, and uh, they're on the back of um, a 10-0 win in the, uh, in the Les Phillips Cup in the week. Um, and that was without uh, Mark Salter and Leighton Thomas. Um, so they, they, they're on form at the moment. They looked really good, although Bristol Telephones um, battled well. Uh, but Bridport, um, you know, they'll make the journey across for a Sunday morning game, 11 o'clock kickoff, which won't be, it won't be easy. Um, but I think there will be a huge crowd at that one. Um, Bridgewater, you know, they're getting crowds of around 200 anyway. Um, with the groundhoppers and uh, the other neutral people knocking about. Um, there could be a massive crowd at Fairfax Park for that one. And um, finally, um, we wrap up the uh, the ground hop um, at a gra- well at a team that you you've just mentioned the name actually. It's a, it's a derby game for um, Bristol Telephones, and uh, so we, we 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 could say we we hang up on this year's ground hop at the phones. <laughs> well, you could. Um, <laughs> I'm not prepared to go down that particular um, uh, journey. Um, um, but yes, Bristol Telephones against Canesham. Canesham have just got a drive to the top of the hill. It's about a mile away. Um, it's it's a few hundred yards where, from where I used to live. And uh, so I know the ground very well at Stockwood Lane. Um, Bristol Telephones have struggled this year. Um, and uh, Canesham were one of the favourites as they went close last year. But they, they've not had a great start. Um, so this one could be um, very juicy. It's a 2:30 kickoff, and um, it's a ground that um, many of the of the ground hoppers won't have been to. Um, and uh, I, being a sun- Sunday afternoon once again, this could be a very big crowd. At uh, what is a small uh, and intimate ground is part of a complex with three clubs play at. Um, uh, Cutters Friday in the Somerset League and uh, Somerset. Uh, sorry. Um, Stockwood Wanderers next door um, and uh, it's going to be a good one um, neither club's going to want to lose that and uh, it will finish off which will be a, a hectic uh, what, what sort of a day and a half I suppose it is from the 7.45 kickoff. and um, 
I will then stagger back home and try and write out seven match reports um, as much, as best I can. It's it's going to be one weekend and a half. <laughs> I mean, where will those match reports be? Um, um, where where will where will the listeners be able to find those match reports? Um, on the on the Western League website, um, un, under the, uh, match reports with my name on it, the, the usual place, um, and they will also be sent to all the relevant. Um, local newspapers uh, so the the ground up itself will, will, will get plenty of attention and I understand there's going to be a double page spread in the Sunday Independent the following week um, which um, which I'm looking forward to doing um, it, it's, not only does it showcase our league but it's, um, it also gives it, it also gives a, a chance for people to, to see just what um, ground hopping is all about and how important it is um, to give people the chance to see possibly more than one game a day or just stagger kickoffs. As I've said many, many times before and several times on this podcast, you know, what, why do we kick off every game at three o'clock on a Saturday when, you know, you've you, you just got to look at this weekend when there's going to be three, two hundred and fifty, three hundred, maybe more people at each game um, simply by staggering the kickoffs. And um, it, it's, it's something that uh, Groundhop UK have been doing for a while, the people that run, that run the, the Groundhop. And um, it's, it's uh, a money, it's certainly a way of uh, making some um, well-deserved finance for, for all the seven home clubs involved. Um, and uh, some of the people, or many of the people, will come back. I mean, there's all kinds of people going to be there all um, um, some of them more unusual than others and uh, because they will have travelled from all parts of the country and um, it's as I said before it's, it's our chance as a league to, to showcase what we've got on offer and my thanks to Kerry for his time uh, well that really wraps up this uh, episode of the podcast quite a lot of content in there for your listeners so I hope uh, I hope you appreciated uh, that and of course we've got um, Tom's excellent bulletin that's now on the Western League website isn't it Tom? Indeed yeah that's uh, up on the in the usual places uh, on the home page and then also uh, there's a tablet on top which should take you to all of the ones so far this season so yeah that's up there. And uh, have you penned a few words for the Western um, for the non-league paper? Indeed yeah a couple hundred words on the Premier Division so that's uh, in the step five and six section in the non-league paper. Excellent stuff, Tom. Thank you very much for your time. I look forward to catching up with you next week when we talk about those um, those uh, ground hop games, and it'll be fascinating to see how many how many people um, they do manage to pull in, how many how the crowds swell for that. I know it's historically it's very well supported, so hopefully that will be the case this year, and hopefully the weather gods will smile upon it. But um, from Tom and myself, this has been another Tool Station Westerly podcast.